Hello, and welcome to Sounding Board. There's a truck. Right, right. <laughs> okay, let's try again. Three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to Sounding Board. My name's Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith, and we are back with Mark Hello, Curran. that's me. <laughs> Mar, it is a delight. I love how I love how true to your word you are. You know, <laughs> so reliable. Thank you. I'm gonna put that on my LinkedIn. I was like, I was like, Mar, come back on the show. We we talk. You're a good talker, and we had a fun time. And you should just like come on like weekly or something. And you did it. And I, that's amazing. I've done that like a couple other times with people, and then. And been completely serious. Because I don't say anything. I'm very much a person that if I say something, I mean it. Even if it seems like I don't. Yeah. So I'm really glad. So thank you. No problem. I I try to be intentional, especially when it's with people inviting me to do fun things again. So uh, easy request to meet. Very happy to be. Yeah. Well, and I think honestly the most important thing, the, for the the thing we need to get out of the way first is we have a beans beep, update. Beep, 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 beep. Beans update. <laughs> um, Daniel and I found a, found a meal that has achieved bean pasta harmony. Oh, yeah. It's what they've been waiting for their whole so, lives. I am ready for this. Yeah, so Daniel, on the last, on the last, um, sounding board with Mark Curran, uh, we discussed how I could just eat beans and Daniel mm-hmm. could just eat pasta. The pasta really, bean spectrum. The, yeah, and the, the, <laughs> the pasta bean spectrum that exists in our apartment and is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a true culinary 100 years war. And we, uh, I found a Bon Appetit recipe that has... Pasta and beans. See more info. What kind and... of pasta? What kind of beans? Looking. <laughs> so it is. So I I I made this. I vegified this, but it is a um, sausage, beans, and greens pasta. Um, and it has whatever. So it has. Italian sausage, which I did the Beyond Italian sausage, um, cannellini oh, beans, or those are one oh, of the yeah. top five beans, dude. Cannellini beans forever. I like didn't even I I discovered cannellini beans like six months ago. Oh, and welcome I've never to the other back. side, my Underrated. friend. We have cannellini beans oh, over I know. here, and it's great. <laughs> No, like they are they are a staple in my in my breakfast hashes. It's potatoes, cannellini beans, onions, bell peppers, and eggs in that mother. And it's like whoo That um so hungry I have but, a little bit so, of a migraine now. I'm not gonna lie. That sounds so fun. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um but uh so it is a basically what you do is you oh and there's rosemary in this pasta oh my god it's so good so what you do first is you heat up some oil and stick the rosemary in it so that you like flavor the oil and then you take the rosemary out and you put in the you put in the beans and you fry up the beans and then take those out and then fry up the sausage or maybe you switch those so that you can flavor the beans with the sausage. But anyway, you do that all separately. And then we did this with, we did it with gnocchi. Because we did it with potato gnocchi. Yeah, that sounds so um, good. Yeah, which was another. I mean, gnocchi is the ultimate Italian-Irish compromise. Yes, the meeting of the sure. worlds, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is our. It is our. It's our Switzerland. Me and yeah. Daniel is is gnocchi, um, and we. So and then you just like take all of those elements together and put it back in this really flavorful oil, and then throw a bunch of greens in it and just mix it up. I, 
I love any dish where I could sneak vegetables into my body while fooling my mouth. So that sounds exactly like what I need to be eating every day of my life. Yeah, I'm going to send you that recipe because it's really... Top tier stuff. It Like, I handed it... Oh, and you deglaze it with wine, but we didn't have wine. So I just squeezed a bunch of lemon. I really thought you were going to say we didn't have wine, so I just, like, shotgunned a PBR over the top and called it a day. <laughs> like the lemon. Like, you I didn't... could do that, though. That'd probably be decent. I didn't, like, I didn't even pour the beer in it. I just shotgunned it and, like, the energy... <laughs> From it. <laughs> just confused it with my like, shotgun aura. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that added that necessary And he dribbled that guy down there with a little <laughs> bit of flavor. It was beautiful. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and God smiled upon me and said, On this dish, I will bestow tang. He said, Ah, my Irish people God. are at it again, I see. All right. Good meal. <laughs> I wish, I wish that like acts of of um, acts of valor could be used in place of missing cooking ingredients. Ooh, all right, yes, this is my new test kitchen that I am going to create where I do stunts over meals uh, if I run out of the proper ingredients. I'm going to need to learn how to skateboard and get some ramps, but I think it's going to go. <laughs> That's the easy part. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I didn't just get Tony Hawk the game. And then I think that's equivalent. Just like put, like mount a TV over your stove and then do sick flips. No, I'm saying learn it. Like you learn skateboarding from that. Oh, I thought you meant just like play. I thought you meant kidnap Tony in, Hawk um, and make grade. him do stunts over my food. And I was like, yeah, what else is he doing <laughs> yeah. with his life? That's fine. Let's do it. I mean, that's an option too. <laughs> we could do that. We could. I mean, I think that kidnapping is an act of valor, at least from a god's from a god perspective. Now, see, I don't understand why you didn't like the La Casa de Papel Money Heist on Netflix. Have you watched this more? No. What is this about? about? All right, gotta do it on air. I haven't had a chance to plug it yet on air. Gotta talk about it. Money Heist. It's on Netflix. It's a it's a an English dub of a Spanish show. From Spanish from Spain, Spanish, and <laughs> it is um, a heist show. There are four seasons so far. The first two seasons tell one story. The second two seasons tell another story. And basically, the first two seasons, um, these this group of thieves decide that they're going to hold the mint of Spain hostage and they're going to take hostages and do negotiations and stuff and they're going to hold the, the mint for as long as possible to do what they call a liquidity injection into the thievery class where they like basically just print money and there are no technically no victims i guess besides the hostages and and yeah but it's just the music is really fantastic um the acting is decent is this the dub a, is terrible. Is this a I period that, piece? Like, are they doing this in, like, 2019? No, this is set... No, this is set, yeah, like, in the last All right, that's years. really ballsy. There's enough technology now that I'm afraid of doing a bank heist. So, that sounds... Mm -hmm. really no, it... And it's part of the show. Is it, that... What I will say, the show is really good about um, what it would probably be like, really. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of... You know when shows do the thing where it's like, that's not how Yeah, that someone just like work. slaps a computer, you can see they're not even typing keys, and they're like, I'm in the system. It looks like a Windows background yeah. screensaver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they, uh, they like specifically use like old technology so that they can't be tracked because they're like, if we use smart, if we use cell phones from that have GPS tracking, then we'll be fucked. So we have to use like old brick. Yeah. And, like, we have to use phones, like, you're going to be in this location, you're going to put two phones together in a box, and then go biking through Madrid so that we can't be tracked. <laughs> I love this! Perfect! This is going to give me good ideas for my own crime, so I'm very into it. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. I killed that in, like, a weekend. I, like, just because that's how I get with the show. I can't, I'm this, I'm a, we talked about this pre-show. 
when we were talking about, which by the way, quick plug, not going to get into it, but just mentioning it. There is a Scopy Minecraft server. If anybody hears that and they're like, oh, that's exciting. Shoot me a message. Get on the Discord server. Figure it out. We'll get you in there. But anyway, yeah, we mentioned in the show just that personality trait of when you get onto something that you like and you can't really get off of it for a while. You know what I mean? I think people call it obsessive. If loving means as much as I do is wrong, I don't want to be right. So some way may call it obsessive. <laughs> sure we can find a more positive word. <laughs> How about um, dedicated? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I just get like just when I start a show, I'm like, man, I if I just if I just power through this for the next 28 hours, then it's I don't have to worry about watching it anymore. It's like off my to do list, you know. I like that it's a task you have to complete as quickly as possible. <laughs> uh, otherwise, question mark, question mark, question mark. There are no stakes. You you're gonna run through all. This <laughs> is it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, that is like my greatest, like, like, I love Daniel. He is great. I'm so glad that he is in my life. I hate watching television with him. I really do because I'm of the mindset of I'm going to watch this because I enjoy it. And so once I'm done enjoying it for the day, I stop watching it. And Daniel pushes me past that place and is like, we gotta finish it. We gotta finish it tonight. Now I hate Grey's Anatomy because I've been forced to watch it I'm for 45 hours I don't want to hear about Meredith anymore that's terrible I love it <laughs> well and that's why I've had to like make sure to not pick certain things like I'll never watch like Naruto or Grey's Anatomy just cause it's like those are long that's know? real yeah you have to understand yourself enough to not get yourself into that kind of bad situation yeah See, I'm the, like, I'll watch, I prefer really long shows because I like watching, I like taking like a month and a half to watch a show. Because then I feel like I'm like living in it, you know? Yeah, I can understand that, but I feel like none of the shows I watch would I want to live in. Like, I don't want to watch Ozark and be like, huh, I'm very immersed in the drug trade, right? Mm. <laughs> I only oh asterisk but to see, say, I get you, I get you. <laughs> so that's where so that's where I get very very selective with the content I watch because I know that I like to live in it and like I get I get super sucked in to to shows that I watch so I can't really watch any I can't watch shows like Ozark. I can't watch show like because because I get sucked into it and then I like turn it off and I feel like I'm in it. Mm. And so like shows like Ozark, shows like Dexter, like shows that I've I, I've labeled them as sh the genre that I place all those shows under is just fucked up. That's <laughs> like, right. I can't yeah. really watch anything. I can't really watch anything fucked up because then it fucks me up. Well, and that's when it works out because I will watch a drug murder show. Like, did you like Ozark? I've only just started uh, specifically because I'm like in between you two. I definitely get sucked in. But also, I think I hate myself deep down, so I'm like, yeah, let's get that adrenaline pumping at 2 a.m. in the morning. Like, we got nothing better to do. So, so far I like it, but I'm definitely going to be emotionally trashed by it. Let's be very clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, Ozark, I watched it, and I watched it all in, like, a period of time that was too, but it was... So it works out well for me sometimes with the fact that, like, I am very good at doing two things at once. So, like, I have, like, two screens, because I'm one of those fuckboys. Maybe not fuckboy, I don't know, but anyway, I'm one of those people that has two screens, and... Yeah, you're, you're, you're in a relationship, you're not a You'll hear it here first, people. Daniel, <laughs> self-identified as a fuckboy. <laughs> great. Awesome. That's great for our brand. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my fucking God. Shit! I actually don't think I fully understand what fuckboy means. It means that you like that you like mess with women and like don't or or just like don't care and like are. Like, I think I've equated it a bit with the like mattress on the floor stereotype. You know what I'm talking about, but that is also a fuckboy thing, isn't it? It is, but I you think you lack the necessary emotional manipulation, frankly, to qualify as a fuckboy. 
you might just be a mattress on the floor person. The end. <laughs> what if you have some of the casual aesthetics of a fuckboy, but obviously, like, don't hate women? I, th- I think that just makes you a person with two screens who likes... Yeah, we gotta come up with our own branded name for that before you ruin integrity. I... Thank you. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Anyway, so I'll watch one thing on the one monitor, and then I'll, like, work on stuff on the other, and that usually pans out well for me, so that's what I did with Ozark. But it was good. It was definitely... It definitely, like, appeals to, uh, to a crime show enjoying level of a personality that I think you have. Oh, uh, that's have. me. I'll murder all day long. Mm-hmm. Plus, I used to have yeah. a crush on Jason Bateman up until those, like, controversial uh, Jeffrey Tambor support remarks, like, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think that this would be a good oh, way to yeah. really uh, just, like, indulge in that for 30 seconds while my heart is horny in quarantine and I you have nothing else to do about it other than revive my 14-year-old crush on Jason Bateman. So that should be fun. I always wonder, because it was like a sweep of... I feel like this, like I feel like about all the Democrats endorsing Joe Biden at once. I always feel like there's some behind-the-scenes pressuring to like make people say things that... Not to say that Jason Bateman is... I'm not, I don't think that Jason Bateman is perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But like, I don't know. Well, do you remember the interview that came out when all the Jeffrey Tambor stuff came out and they were specifically talking mm-hmm. to the Arrested Development class, or not class, cast, uh, and they, you know, kind of asked him about it and you could kind of see the inner turmoil play out in live time where it was very much like, well, this is someone who mm-hmm. I know and I don't want to think about him that way. But also, like, I don't want to say that I don't believe that could happen. Like, I don't know. Like, I wasn't there, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's just kind of like, it's very reasonable and understandable. It just, I have to have a higher standard for my vagina, uh, as a human being. So he had to get crossed off the list then where it's like, you should have done that thinking yourself at home, uh, when you weren't in front of a reporter probably. So, you know, maybe think that through next time. Mm -hmm. Right. No, I think that public wishy-washy stances have, not attractive. Not attractive. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Is like it's like under like as it, from in terms of like a person being a person, it's understandable. Like nobody nobody is like has like a perfect opinion about everything all the time. But like as far as like, do I want to have sex with you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have to hold. There are different standards that need exactly. <laughs> Will I eat canapes with you at, uh, you know, Oscar's Mixer? Sure, Jason Bateman, that's fine. I'll still say hi to you in public and be like, oh, Ozarks, thumbs up. I'm just not going to have sex with you. And I don't think he wants to have sex with me anyway, so it's really, like, not a bad deal for either of us. We're all... <laughs> yeah, exactly. He still gets to rub elbows with you, which, you know, he Hashtag should count himself that. lucky. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's, you know... No sex. And that's, you know, that's okay. Wow, this is probably the most embarrassing thing I've said on a podcast now. And I routinely talk about wanting to be recruited by the IRA. So (laughs) Please let Jason Bateman never find this. (laughs) I will say, what's the trade-off? Like, do you you want to go back to... We we could do a little IRA segment. Well, no. I mean... (laughs) I like that that's the response. We can talk about... We can talk about the IRA. (laughs) (laughs) well no i mean like i remember when juno came out i like i had like a weird little i was like i was like although juno i think is the wrong jason bateman character to have a crush on wait was jason bateman was he the father no he was the guy so juno was pregnant (laughs) welcome to sounding board where maureen recaps juno 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 was the one. Literally 20, 25 years after it came out. Please tell us the plot. It's the one. Hashtag spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Juno, I guess. She's a pregnant teenager. She's a pregnant teenager and she decides to put it up for adoption. And uh, Jennifer Gardner and Jason oh, Bateman are the weird. parents. And uh, and Jennifer Gardner is, like, all in and, like, painted as this very type A 
like controlling and Jason Bateman is like painted as like the super cool laid back artist like you know whatever cool dad type and Juno like starts it like sees him as like a super as like a friend but then he's like starts to have a crush on her basically and and, and like tries to hook up with her and she's like I misunderstood this relationship. I thought we were just friends and uh yeah, so it didn't age well. Green <laughs> can't make a commitment, lies to his wife, inappropriate emotional relationship with a pregnant teenager in a vulnerable position. Mm, break me off a piece. I know, mm -hmm. I know. Uh, so, yeah. Not the hoop over no. him dancing. Like, how are you not supposed to have a crush on him? I don't know. Oh, I know, that's the thing. That's the that's the thing is, like, I feel like I don't like that I would thought that. I don't like that I thought he was attractive in that movie. <laughs> but here I am, thinking he was attractive Diablo in Cody that movie. Diablo Cody did that to us. We are victims of Hollywood there. Do not <laughs> We are we are victims of Diablo Cody, and I think that anyone who says that they aren't is lying. <laughs> Please also let Diablo Cody God. never find this audio. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I just... God, the, the the longer we talk, the more I'm like, should we release this? And the answer is yes, of course. <laughs> well, let's really get into the professional side of this. Yeah, of let's this make endeavor. more. So here we. Here we are, 20 minutes in. Yeah. And let's fucking go. <laughs> All right, so I know there's, like, a few things I want to talk about um, news-wise. The first thing, I just, like, I need for there to be a word for the concept of when the president, any, honestly, any political leader, um, does, makes actions and, and makes public statements and basically uses, like, political opinion to raise their own stock portfolio like Donald Trump with Raytheon and with hydroxychloroquine right now. Yeah. I need for when the New York Times report reports on hydroxychloroquine or when any major network does that, I don't need I don't need that Donald Trump is invested personally in hydroxychloroquine to be like six paragraphs down to the article. I need it to be the headline. Because the, the reality is, like, that's fucked up on a level that I need a word for. Like, I, like, I need, like, that's, we need to be talking more about that. Because this isn't the first time that he's done it. Well, you know how, so, when, back in kind of like the Wild West days of YouTube, it used to be that influencer, or not influencers, it used to be that creators could <clears throat> be paid by companies to endorse products and have the and the creators weren't obligated to say I'm being paid to say this. Mm -hmm. So it just so they were being paid, but it 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 smacked of genuine genuine enthusiasm, mm -hmm. and which is misleading. And YouTube has since enforced policies that if you are paid by a by a brand to endorse something, it has to be labeled as such. Mm -hmm. And I think that if 18-year-old YouTubers are held to that standard, I don't understand why the president isn't held to that standard. Yeah, and just for, like, for folks that maybe don't know what we're talking about, so there's obviously a lot of people are talking about a cure for coronavirus, and um, hydroxychloroquine is something that Donald Trump's been bringing up for, like, two months now. Um, as And it's a malaria drug that has no proof to be um, a cure for coronavirus and on top of that creates like negative symptoms and people like people have died from it since he's been like promoting it and yeah and he's invested in it personally and it's just like obviously obviously those are there's levels of fucked up there like that this thing is being touted and it's it doesn't work but i also just like because it's not just it's not unique to donald trump you know like the idea of of in a capitalist society like political figures i mean i don't know obviously like that's like the backbone of american politics is just politicians like Lobby. being lobbied yeah but it's almost different when it's like not just that they've been lobbied but 
dude owns part of the business. He is a he is the business. He's not he's not the lobbyist. He's not the lobbied. He's the lobbyist. Yeah. He's the one who hires the lobbyist. You know. I just really don't understand why more journalists don't like uphold a certain standard of ethics and like you know report on that like you're saying in a more like obvious way, so that people actually right. see and retain that information because. I mean, I don't know. That seems like the first step towards accountability is to make people actually aware of it. And anyone who is practicing any, mm. you know, kind of transparency in their journalism seems like that would be a great thing to just drop in there every once in a while. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, he also owns the fucking company, like owns stock in it. Like that might be affecting why he's uh, recommending this thing that has already killed people as a form of treatment for this wink wink use your critical thinking skills that we're not mm. developing anymore in schools yeah jesus yeah no and it's like it's so frustrating to me that like the yeah exactly what you're saying like the lack of transparency and the lack of and the lack of journalistic integrity and a lot of that comes from investors getting twitchy like a lot of these media companies are all owned by like the same people who are either best friends with or who themselves own these companies that they're like writing about there's you know i've heard so many times from uh people i know who are journalists like i know that i'm not allowed to push that one issue or mention that one company because, you know, 18 levels removed at the top is this one CEO who owns 90 different things. One of them right. just happens to be our newspaper, you know? Like. Right. Yeah, and that's why, like, you know, this is kind of a, a tangent that I wasn't planning on talking about, but one that I've wanted to talk about soon is, like, a lot of people are reporting that they're being furloughed by the Tribune right now, which is which is weird to me because... The, like, that's the kind of job that you can do from home, you know? And it's also very important. Like, the Tribune is the city's number one newspaper. Sure, it's conservative, but there's a, like, freedom of the press is, like, embedded in our Constitution. And it's weird to me that we don't, in a time of national crisis, when journalism is the most important piece of media right now, that we would be furloughing writers, that doesn't really make sense to me. And and what it is is exactly what you're saying, Mar. It's that the owners of the Chicago Tribune right now don't view this moment as profitable because advise, advertisers are pulling out. But if you're going to tell me that the Chicago Tribune doesn't have the budget to keep running in this time, but they choose to bring costs down to meet advertiser needs, like... That doesn't, that doesn't fly with me. That doesn't make sense to me. That, to me, speaks to your, your priorities are with your profits rather than Journalistic integrity, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Like, they have chosen a specific prioritization of what is important to them as a company, and it is totally capitalistic as opposed to, like, driven by mm-hmm. the need for, you know, good journalism slash protecting your workers, you know, anything that would appeal to someone with a human conscience. Mm-hmm. Ooh, now I'm mad. We gotta talk well, more about it's... beans. I'm gonna have a anger heart attack over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and like, <laughs> and what's, what's like, I don't know, you know, we're three years into Scopy, mm-hmm. and, you know, for a large chunk of us running Scopy, like, we were food insecure, because we don't make money doing this. Right. And that's not why we're doing this. You know, like, when we bring in, you know, the the memberships that come in, like, we don't see that money. And the reason we don't see that money, like, Daniel and I personally don't see that money, is because the thing that makes Scopy Scopy are the people who write the articles. Mm-hmm. And who create the content. And if those people aren't being taken care of, then Scopy isn't Scopy. And I don't, un- and like, while I understand that media outlets operating at a higher level have higher overhead, because like, 
as you know, as we speak right now, Scopy's overhead, like with, you know, subscriptions to certain services that we use and, you know, shit like that. We have a very low overhead. Our overhead is probably like $40 a month or something like that. It's very low. But like, I don't understand why the priority isn't the people who make the paper the paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, because I, I feel like the, a lot of these, you'll see these posts about like, oh, I've been furloughed from the Tribune or something. That's how I saw about this. Um, I think there, there's an article by the Tribune, but it's like really buried in the in the algorithms. Um, but a lot of the comments are like, oh, this is so sad to hear that, like, like, oh, we need to support the Tribune now more than ever. And it's like, we are not the same, you know? Like, local independent journalism, even probably the reader... Or even to maybe some extent sometimes, I'm not really sure, like, how that the, the executive branch of that newspaper is run. The su- it's it's all owned by um, the same, the Sun-Times and the Trib are owned by the same mm-hmm. parent company. But I'm just, I guess my point is, is that the Tribune, definitely, the, like, executive branch of the Tribune acts and executes in a way that is putting profits first. And that is, that is there, like, as a person who's, like, done the research into it, looked at their past history, like, looked at these people's, like, court documents, because all of them have been to fucking, like, sued left and right and been in court, like, left and right, like, these people are the people, you know, like, in Chicago, like, it's just, like, I don't know. Yeah, we are not the same, they're not the same, like, it's, it's, it would be great if the, like, newspapers at the top were what they used to be, you know? Like, places that, like, we could feel good about morally supporting because it's an independent press. But that's right. not it anymore. Right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, Daniel, did you have more things you wanted to... I did. What's next on my anger list? Um, <laughs> well, so the other one that I want to definitely talk about, so I wrote an article, I was on TikTok the other day, as, a, as you know, Quarantine 2020 be powered by TikTok, mm-hmm. um, and they're, funnily enough, so Money Heist, the show we were talking about at the top of the episode, one of the songs in it is Bella Ciao, which maybe for European anarchist history buffs would know that as like the Italian anti-fascist anthem. Um, and the song has picked up on TikTok a bunch. Like if you heard it, you would probably recognize it. Um, it's a bop. I've been, I just will occasionally just like put it on just to listen to it. But anyway, the, a lot of times like it'll be, a lot of times it'll be like innocuous, like what a lot of TikTok is where it's like a, like, people just using the sound because it sounds cool for their video, like, doing a vlog or something. But this this one was um, a student posting about a subreddit where the college board, like, the people that run the AP tests, made fake user accounts and posted memes about cheating on AP tests and then posted in the comments or in the in the text of, of posts, put your form number, send us a message with your form number, form number and your AP test ID, and we'll group you with other people taking that test to, you know, to, to cheat on the test. Yeah. And um and they did that and then went and turned around and invalidated test results for people that did that. So that, that is entrapment. And the other side of it is that because the college board, like that's like, like there's a a legal element that comes into play with the college board to some extent. So it is like, it's like illegal, um, if it's true. And there are multiple accounts that, there's an article on this on Scopy and it's done the rounds a bit, which is cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely like, what the fuck? Like, why, how, how, why? Like, why? Yeah, I like, really want to know who at college board this... was like, hey, we're at a board meeting right now. I'm going to pitch this excellent idea 
to entrap teenagers in a cheating scandal and really just, like, fuck them over for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not the first story like this that I've heard of, of in this time, you know, I've seen, like, one-off posts of people being like, um, our teacher is failing our entire class because the grades were too high. Like, the final exam. Which, like, fucking, maybe, maybe there was cheating happening. But, like, to then turn around and completely invalidate test scores, like, and basically fail an entire grade just because, because, essentially because we're in a pandemic. It's just yeah, the, it's based on it's nothing. Of like, like, just you have a feeling that people cheated, so you're gonna, like, fuck everyone. Right. Yeah, and I, I guess, I guess for me, it's like, as a person that cares about education, you know, uh, how could we let it have gotten to these points, I guess is my thing, where these, the, like, Education in America is such the Wild West, where, I mean, obviously, like, teachers should have freedom to teach the curriculum they want, but to, like, I don't know, I, I, I kind of, I see both sides of it, maybe, because I know that there's, like, a, a good degree of neoliberalism where students will go to school and assume that because they're paying for their education that they should have their education their way, but also it's, like, I don't know, it's, they, like, like, I don't know. What do you think? I just think that so much of it is based on how no child left behind, you know, which is up for uh, right. renewal this year, I believe. Uh, just really refocused education onto the metrics and the scores. And that became what was really mm-hmm. uh, important to people. And even in like a youth, like psychological development type of way, it's not effective. We've really like set up our education system to do worse in the time that I've been alive. So I really just like every time mm-hmm. something like this happens where it's just like, Oh yep. Education is uh, not getting any better. I'll tell you that much. Um, it really mm-hmm. just brings to mind how much the whole entire system needs to be like revamped. But with that, all of our priorities need to be, you know, resorted out. And how do you then, you know, incorporate that into how, um, if anything, when I hear stories like that, if I thought that a whole class of people was cheating, you know, my focus would kind of be on, well, this is like a teachable moment. These children don't have fully mm-hmm. formed frontal lobes. Like, you know, they're going to do stupid mm-hmm. stuff. You could be using this as like further education for them, but instead you use like punitive measures that have been proven to be like very mm-hmm. non-effective. Like, okay, we've only had that research out for how long? Let's just keep repeating the same mistakes and escalating it, you know, to make these kids' lives worse. Like, they're not going to all of a sudden be more invested in whatever their AP class was because their teacher is like, "Eh, I've got a bad feeling that, you know, you did something wrong, so I'm just going to, like, cancel all of your scores for this AP test that might be extremely important to you on some level because you know that affects what's going to happen as far as you know your college you know especially with like admissions i know that sometimes admissions can be revoked if you get too low of an ap score so if you know you fucking are given a failing score you know that could affect a lot of your life and with kids like those stakes seem super high and super personal because they have such a limited frame of view you know, so I wonder about the damage that we're further inflicting upon our children by making that yeah. the priority as opposed to, like, having a conversation with the kids, you know, like, asking them about whether, you know, they cheated or if they understand the material, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Well, and honestly, it's a systemic failure on both sides. Like, it's a systemic failure in that the kids aren't being given, aren't aren't getting the individualized education programs that they need. And also it's a failure on the side of auxiliary training for teachers. I think that teachers being a, like I am a teacher and work with kids and I, I have the privilege of not working within a school system. And so I, by design, have individualized education pro individualized education plans for each of my kids because I see them one-on-one. 
and I'm very, again, very fortunate that, you know, every couple months my boss has training sessions where we brainstorm, you know, a group of eight highly qualified music teachers sit and talk about what works, what doesn't work, tricks and tips so that we can all become better teachers and better serve our kids. But teachers working within school systems aren't given those opportunities, aren't given the chance to improve their teaching because it's it's a race to the finish line. Mm. And t teacher training isn't as big a priority as making sure that they're a, what, blue ribbon school? Is that what it is? Like, yeah. it's, it, it's not a priority anymore. And, like, being a teacher who has the privilege of, first of all, training that I undergo and the opportunity to have individual education plans, like, if I were teaching all of my students at once and teaching them all the same thing. Like if all of my piano students were in a room and we were all learning piano together, I, it would be a disaster because they're all so different. They're all at different levels. They all react to things different ways. Like I have one boy who I call my most sensitive boy, who if I tell him directly to do something, he starts crying. So I have to go in, I have to like maneuver and like sometimes it takes the whole lesson for me to get him to do one thing and that one, and if he does that one thing, we celebrate and it's a big deal if he does that one thing. But I have other kids where, you know, I'm thinking that I need to give them longer lessons because there's just, we get through so much that I just need more time with them so that we can do even more. Mm. And so the fact that there's no room for IEPs, our individual education plans, and there's no space for advanced teacher training. It, uh, it's a systemic failure on both sides. Definitely. I definitely wonder how uh, homeschooling in its present incarnation is going to affect uh, the future of uh, standardized education on a larger scale and how those systems operate. Because I think mm -hmm. that people are having like a lot of uh, eye-opening experiences, or at least I would hope, uh, having to educate mm -hmm. their own children at home and like seeing what a struggle that is and seeing like how individualized care like does make a difference, uh, but also like what emotionally mm -hmm. taxing work that is for teachers to be doing for like very, very little money. And like on such a large right. scale as opposed to like your one kid who's kind of a brat. They're in a room full of like 20 kids who are all brats. <laughs> right, exactly. And like brats who learn differently. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, if your kid is like exceptional or if your kid is having a lot of trouble, like either way, they're not going to do well in that bulk classroom setting. I would honestly be really interested in talking to someone who is someone with children right now who's homeschooling because I want to know like are the parents given just kind of like anything like I'm, I'm sure that I mean I like I think that they're given stuff like tasks that they have to complete but I don't even know how that would be structured I whenever I think about this stuff so kind of a tangent but similar is I was talking to I was talking to Arturo actually yesterday about public transit because he's going to work and he's taking the bus every day and one of the things that's happening right now is like all buses are basically free because there's no you have to enter through the back door and there's no um card swiper but they were supposed to be setting up card swipers like in early april but they haven't done that yet and i and one of the things that i think about in this moment is with things like that it seems to me that when an institution like for example has to like supply parents with homeschool materials the infrastructure it would take to do that to me to make the materials to decide what any given grade like what's best for because like i don't think that what's best for teaching materials for a teacher is going to be best for a, a, a homeschooling parent you know oh yeah no like the way that teachers structure their curriculums is like a skill that they learn in school mm -hmm. you know yeah i really am curious now that you say that just like about 
what like yeah maybe sounding board if you, anyone knows any teachers that would be interested in coming on the show teacher like teachers or like very oh, involved parents oh my god you know what um i'm uh the the band beastie oh i'm a dot yeah she's a she's a cps teacher i want to have her on the show hell yeah anyway yeah mar you're here you're here for for uh tracks being laid I always love it. <laughs> love to see the forward progress of independent journalism. <laughs> well, Daniel, did you have another thing you wanted to talk about? Well, I mean, we have a few minutes left. So okay. we could just wrap up. Okay. I feel good about that. We'll have to just hit it next time we have Mara on next week. Hey, Mara, do you have any closing thoughts? Wow, now that I'm put on the spot like this, no, none at all. Uh, I've never had a thought <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm so, I'm so sorry I did that to you. <laughs> Thanks. This is going to be what my nightmares are about tonight, Maureen. Much appreciated. You'll replace that recurring Rihanna dream I've been having. Uh, love it. Love to see. I guess if there's any like energy I would like to like put out into the world, it's that everyone should be kind to themselves and each other. It's my like message of the day. Yeah. Mar, can you also... I just want to commend you. You invited me to... Oh, what is this Facebook group called? Um, group where men compliment uh, each other for no reason. Yes. Yeah, and I gotta tell you, you are just the um, authoritarian leader of, of like, wholesome Facebook groups. I accept this title wholeheartedly. I love it. <laughs> the, the authoritarian leader? I'm getting yeah. that on a t-shirt, man. Good. <laughs> yeah. I do rule with an iron fist. It might be, you know, full of candies for you, but it's iron. Yeah. <laughs> it's made of iron. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, no, I, I really, te- well, cause you also, um, who are you in, um, where we all pretend to be late to an event? No, I am not, but that's thrilling. <laughs> yeah. I need to send you that one. Um, and then there's also, like, where we all pretend to be ants, but that one's pretty mainstream at this point. Have you heard about no, that I'm one? No, I'm mad. Obviously, have, like, oh, shit, I'll get you on that one. groups that I need to pull under my authoritarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the one where we all pretend to be ants is pretty good. It's, like, one person will post saying, like, found, like. Or, found snack need people to lift and then everyone will just write lift like in big in all caps and spaced out i love that community like, building like around ant role play yes i mean yeah it's pretty good <laughs> it is ant role play oh god mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry to put that twist on it in uh, your mind i've been thinking a lot for- no. <laughs> so that's no no it's <laughs> it's definitely that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um well, Mar, uh we have a few minutes left. So do you want to uh, I mean, I know that you've already sent your message out to the world, but do you want to give anyone a shout out or plug anything? Um I guess my only plug would be markcurrentchicago.com since that is my website. I'm trying to think of like anything I'm consuming that is not already being backed by a corporation, so they really don't need my time or energy. Uh, ooh, the one thing that I've been really watching lately that now I am thinking of because of your ant role play that you guys are into, wink, wink, uh, Dimension 20 uh, did a role-playing campaign called Tiny Heist with the McElroy brothers, who are my wholesome fave gods, uh, where they play tiny people and toys come to life and things like that. I wholeheartedly recommend that 10-episode run uh, for anyone who needs to just, like, have the best escapism of laughing at Lego men on drugs, uh, like, fighting with giant rats and stuff like that. Um, That has been what has gotten me through many a long quarantine night. Uh, And each episode is two hours, so that's, like, a guaranteed, you know, like, 20 hours of content right there. All feel-good stuff. Nice. Hell yeah. Amazing. Well, Mar, 
Again, national treasure. I Thank can't you. say it enough. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'll see you in two weeks since now I'm uh, being commended for being very regular with this. Now I got to be consistent. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, we'll see you then. Awesome. Have, Have a, a great one. day, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening. I've been Deandra Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we're up to, there's so many ways you can do that. The first is to head over to scopymag.com. That's our website. We post all of our articles and podcast episodes there. You can also keep up with us on social media. We have a Facebook page called Scopy Magazine. We also have a Facebook group that we love and adore called Sounding Board, where we talk about local arts, local politics, astrology memes you name it there you can also find a link to our discord server called sounding board as well where we hang out have fun have a good time and yeah so check it out otherwise you can find us on instagram twitter and tumblr under scopy mag spelled the same way as the website s-c-a-p-i-m-a-g and you can find the podcast the one you're listening to right now in most podcast places including google play itunes podcasts and radio public and I'm here, as always, to talk about the importance of subscribing. If you head to our website, scopymag.com, and go to our subscribe page, the best way to do that is by becoming a member. For $2 a month, you will receive an email in your inbox every time we post. So say goodbye to that social media algorithm, and hello to our content. Also, also, we have merch for sale. If you had to, if you head to scopymag.com slash store, you can buy your new favorite t-shirt, and that is a promise. Also, if you are a business or an entity or just have something fun to say and want to advertise with us, please feel free to reach out to us at scopymag at gmail.com. So, give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.